from Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, February 3rd, 2012, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I always get hung up on February, February, but there's an R that I feel obligated to enunciate, but then it makes it sound like brewery, and I can't say that word either. But you can say Ewan McGregor. Ewan. What about the rural juror? Right. Okay. Uh, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios is Roxanne Weeman. Hi. Uh, to her immediate left, our managing editor, Hambone. Hey, everyone. Aren't you going to play your intro music? <laughs> I know. No, I'm oh. not really going to. He had intro music picked out. I can't play Young Jeezy on the podcast. <laughs> uh, on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And on uh, the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, Chad Michaels Snavely. Hello, friends. We have a great podcast in store for you today. Uh, coming up, we talked to uh, an exciting new artist, Sharon Van Etten whose uh, new album comes out this week. So there you go. Uh, we also have uh, what is written on my notes as a super bow game. Bow? <laughs> bow. It's a, a very large bow tie, apparently. Is that why it's you a brought very your large... necktie app in? It's a hunting no. game. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it's about significant others, and it's B-E-A-U. Oh, B-E-A-U. Yeah. Super yeah, bow. It's the super bow game. <laughs> so uh, the super bowl game, I, I assume, we have coming up uh, since there's a super bowl this weekend. Um, but up first, your entertainment releases. New music coming out on Tuesday, February 7th. The Fray with Scars and Stories. Uh, have you guys heard that one yet? It's streaming right now. I haven't. I haven't heard it. If you're a fan of The Fray, uh, you should check out the website on the day of the release because we have a Q&A with, with lead singer Isaac Slade. So they should come to relevantmagazine.com on Tuesday, February 7th? Yes. Nice. And every day. Oh, yes. Yeah. But and while you're there, bookmark it. <laughs> <laughs> make it your Maybe homepage. make it your homepage. Maybe refresh 20 Maybe times. Maybe print it out. <laughs> Take it with you wherever you go, in case you don't have a smartphone. <laughs> that would be a very inefficient way to make our site mobile, is yeah. have everybody print it. <laughs> they just have, you just send out free ring binders. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dirks Bentley with Home. Am I saying Dirks right? That R. I think it's Dirks. Like it's D I E R K S. But I think, think it's Dirk. Think Novitsky. But it is D I R K. That's Dirk. Di- this is D I E R K. Dirk. Dirk. Dirk Bentley. Well, he is country. So Dirk Bentley. <laughs> <laughs> when I lived in Nashville, I uh, when I'd go eat at the Cracker Barrel, uh-huh. um, mm. the, and you have to give your name, I'd always say Strang. Mm-hmm. And without fail, they would write down S T R I N G. Because that's how they say S-T-R-I-N-G, Strang. What was the frequency that you were going to Cracker Barrel? Well, first of all, I lived in Hermitage. Our only restaurant was the interstate exit Cracker Barrel. Mm. It was right by where I lived. So, every day. You, you consumed an, an insane amount of white gravy during your time. Uh, Van Halen is coming out with A Different Kind of Truth. Finally. David, David Lee Roth back in the fold. Is he serious? Yeah. Is this the guy, is this the John Bon Jovi band? No, that's Bon that's Jovi. That's Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking of Bon Jovi. This is the Eddie Van Halen band. But it's another guy singing it? Or is well, he the well, guitarist? He's the guitarist, yeah. Other than the Pepsi Clear commercial, I, I don't I don't really know their music. There are songs you would know. You would know Jump. Hot, hot for Teacher. Like, there's some of those... I know the House of Pain, Jump Around. <laughs> That's like, what, see, that's similar. what I was listening to back in that era. <laughs> there are all those. There are all those songs from the '80s and early '90s that you don't like because I'll hear stuff like, you know, I don't know that I could identify a Van Halen or even a Led Zeppelin song, but then you hear them and it's like, oh yeah, I know this. Doctor Dog is coming out with "Be the Void" of Montreal. It's coming out with Paralytic Stalks and Sharon Bennett with Tramp. Movie release is coming out on Friday, February 10th. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Mentis in 3D. Are you serious? Yeah. Ryan's gonna go. I'm gonna go. And hate it. Yeah. All right, yeah. Can you can you return with a negative review, Ryan? Yes, I'll be <laughs> ultra negative. I fully expect you to live tweet it. <laughs> <laughs> I I will like parts of it, but the ones with Jar Jar Binks. Oh, 
Uh, anything with Jar Jar Binks or like I feel really bad because the kid who played Jar the Jar little Binks. the little Skywalker. <laughs> like I'm sure he's a very nice. He the was little a very nice Skywalker. Boy. Yeah, but he's awful in the movie. At one point, he exclaims, "Yippee!" He's uh, related to Lucas. I don't think that's true. No, it is true. That's how he got cast. I don't think it's true. Really? He's a step nephew. True. No, it's not. And he simply cast him <laughs> to avoid awkwardness at the next Christmas family Christmas celebration. See, see, this is the kind of like reckless celebrity assumptions that Super Bo will be filled with. <laughs> reckless celebrity assumptions. That is that could be the theme of the podcast, yeah. like permanently. Well, no, I'm saying that's that's like like a network like E or like Inside yeah. Edition. That's all they do is they 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 just make assumptions about celebrities. Or that TMZ show, which basically is a long editorial meeting. Yeah, right? <laughs> and and they always make these little quips and, 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 and everyone it's like if you ever listen to like um car talk or something on npr mm-hmm. where they say you know click and clack the, the brothers they say something that's kind of funny mm-hmm. but you would have thought the way those guys are laughing <laughs> that that they're the funniest people in the world the tmz editorial meeting it's like okay that was a moderately funny quip but people are literally rolling on the ground yeah. Yeah. jesse you realize that's what people say about our podcast probably right? <laughs> <laughs> it takes one to know one <laughs> it takes one to know one. I like they are that. so amused with themselves. Yeah. See, tabloids would go, the headline would be, is the littlest Skywalker George Lucas's step-nephew? Right. And then they would be like, people are saying. Sources close. Yeah, yeah. And then and then at the end, it's like, yeah, no. Yeah. But that's buried. And you clicked on it, and you're the sucker. Yeah. Because they sold an ad. Give them a Patreon. But they're all the podcast just lies outright. Yeah, we don't yeah. we don't ever say We don't have any sources. We're not no questions. Yeah, we don't have any right. sources. We yeah. just assume. Right. Reckless celebrity assumptions. Uh The Vow starting Rachel McAdams and Channing Tatum. Isn't that the movie that's basically The Notebook 2? Yeah. But it's worse. really a soap opera. The Notebook 2 Electric Boogaloo. It's a very different film. I think it's Revenge, or of, Revenge the of the Lichens. <laughs> yeah, Revenge of the Lichens. <laughs> <laughs> Legends of Curly's Gold. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the 3. Safe House, uh, starring Denzel Washington and Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is not Ryan Gosling, correct? No. Okay. Uh, I just you're saw. Thinking of Ryan you don't Gosling. think? I d- yeah. <laughs> you put a question mark on that. You got yourself a good headline. <laughs> I just watched uh, Ides of March with one of those. Ryan Gosling. Gosling. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah, that's good. Journey to the Mysterious Island, starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson. That's also coming up. We're all huge rock fans. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson. I'm a former. I'm a fan of his uh, more formal work. His so. film canon. <laughs> uh, I just want to apologize for last week's podcast. I listened to it and <laughs> wow, you guys weren't here, and obviously you haven't listened to it, or else you would know it came off the rails in a big way. <laughs> there was about half an hour. See, what happened was we recorded on the wrong day because I was going out of town, and so it was a last minute thing. Maya wasn't prepared. We pulled her in at the last second, so. Chad didn't know he was going to have to bring a slice. So Hambone was serving a one-week suspension for being <laughs> negative. <Yeah>. Right, right. <laughs> slash, slash going to my grandmother-in-law's funeral. Oh. oh. Yeah. No, you, let's go with the suspension yeah. story. Why did you make it real? Don't make it real. Um, so, so we come in to record the podcast. Jesse has, he's prepared. But Maya and Chad are frantically looking for a slice. So they're not paying attention at all. Well, I'm sitting here in the room, like, fully aware that they're not paying attention, so there's no banter. Mm -hmm. And Jesse's saying some of the most absurd slices I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) And so it's just me and him in this free fall, because they're not paying attention. And so nobody steps in to, like, get us back on track. It was a long way down. (laughs) about 25 minutes. Jesse and I are in our own little universe, like, hypothesizing about these phantom Dracula monkeys and Kevin Bacon and Alaire and Borneo. And it is the most bizarre slices <laughs> ever. Ever. It took me like four listens through when I was editing just to figure out what the heck you guys were talking about. <laughs> well, you can hear the moment in the podcast when Chad finds his slice and tunes back in because uh-huh. he kind of has this perplexed chuckle like <laughs> what the heck are y'all talking about? And then about a minute later you hear Maya tune in and uh-huh. she's like uh, yeah, it it they it took them the rest of the podcast to catch up to what the heck we were. <laughs> I still haven't caught up. Yeah, and, and yeah. Just, a lot of people. Yeah, they, they just abandoned <laughs> ten minutes in. <laughs> I felt really bad because if you listen to the Daniel Baster performances and you listen to the interview with uh, Aaron Stern, phenomenal. Right. I mean, the performances were absolutely staggeringly phenomenal. <laughs> and so, like Aaron Stern and Daniel Baster are tweeting out the podcast the second it goes up. 
And I'm like, I I feel really bad that this is a first. Yeah, do you, I was going to say, do you feel bad for them and their list and their fans? Yeah. Well, the fans, you know, are just confused because performances happen after all this. Yeah. So it's not like they get what they want. And if, if you choose to stick around, it comes off the rails. No, you have to wade through that to get to what you listen to. I wish for. Bash had tweeted, like, you know, on the relevant podcast, my segment starts at about 3207. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a little wink, wink. Y'all might want to just skip ahead. Anyway, all right. Uh, that'll do it for uh, entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, slices. You're listening to Charles Bradley. The song is No Time for Dreamin' from the album No Time for Dreamin'. I'm going to come back to that in a second. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Chairlift. The song is I Belong in Your Arms from their new album, Something. Okay, so Charles Bradley. I told Chad this, but you, you all need to know that. Have you heard the album? No. Okay, which... it's an old soul It's okay. old soul album. I've been playing it nonstop in my office. So I, I follow on Spotify. I follow, uh, follow Broke Mogul, the guy who does all the entourage music. And, okay. and so he makes these different playlists and he updates them every week. And they're, they're really eclectic and really great. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's everything from funk and soul to hip hop to alt rock to, you know, just really cool mix of music. And, and so recently or a few months ago, he had a couple of Charles Bradley tracks, which you just heard part of one. And you're, it was just old soul. I mean, just great old soul. And, and I looked them up and I'm like, I, I have a lot of old 60s albums. How do I not know this guy? Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I haven't heard this before. And it is completely, you know, it's just, it's great. I mean, like, it should be in the conversation of, like, the best albums from the 60s. I mean, it's so good. And um, so I ordered it on vinyl, and I'm just listening to it. And I'm like, I'm just so confused why nobody talks about this all-time great soul album. And and so I get the album in the mail, and there's a sticker on the cover, and it says um, uh, limited edition, updated, uh, with a cover of Neil Young's something and Nirvana's something. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, did they come back 35 years later and record some? This is bizarre. So then I'm pulling all the liner notes out, trying to figure out like when this was originally recorded, and it's on Daptone Records, and. And I look, and there's everything is old. Everything is old. And then there's this picture of him with his band. And the band is all Brooklyn white hipsters. The Menahan Street Band. Yeah. Hmm. And, and you're looking at it and going, wait, this is current. Then when you go back and listen to it, it's mind-blowing. It's like it's not it's not when when like they you know cover Ray Charles or you know, and it's like, wow, they did a great cut. Co- no. I would think this is all original music and and it, I don't know there's just people who like you can like play the role or you can get the sound down mm-hmm. but it's just it feels I don't know this is absolutely on par with anything from the best of the Marvin Gaye's Otis Redding's type era of soul music and and it's current mm-hmm. he's just, just this old guy who has this hipster band mm-hmm. and when you when you see the picture in your head of this band is playing and writing this music when you listen to the album it changes everything it's unbelievable that they pulled it off i was talking about it with someone the other night and i think a couple members from the band play with like sharon jones and the dap kings and then i also found out mm-hmm. that uh the menahan street band their song was sampled by kid cuddy and jay-z and a couple of hip-hop tracks from back oh. in the day so they obviously have some street cred they've been around for a while yeah. it's well that would be why they get billing so mm-hmm. it's charles bradley and the yep mm. it's 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 phenomenal it's one of the best albums i've ever purchased let alone like if it was a 19 if it was made in 1963 it'd be an all-time great mm. honestly wow i mean it's absolutely phenomenal check it out charles bradley no time for dreaming if you like soul okay it's time for slices what do you have jesse well um you know, we're preparing for the Super Bowl uh, coming up, and uh, part of the appeal of the Super Bowl every year is to see the the advertisements, uh, the the TV commercials that that are played. They're they're really high budget, obviously, because a lot of people watch Super Bowl. Um, so, a couple podcast listeners, I saw something on Twitter, and and Cameron, I saw uh, another listener posted something on your Facebook. Dude, wall. I've had fifteen people contact me in the last two days about this. 
Okay, it it is a, a commercial. I'm going to describe the commercial real quick. It's it's from Acura, highlighting a sports car. Now, keep in mind, this sports car, uh, it's more of a vanity commercial because this car isn't even going to be available for three years. Um, so it's more just kind of building hype with their brand. Mm-hmm. And when you watch it, um, there's a couple things that jumped out. Okay, so it stars Jerry Seinfeld. Um, and Jerry is at the Acura dealership and he gets his ticket for the waiting list to purchase this car. And he realized that he's number 20 in line. And the guy who has number one, the, the first car off the line is, is standing right there. So the whole commercial is basically, uh, Jerry trying to convince this guy to allow him to have the number one ticket for the car. Mm-hmm. But it's what happens in the commercial that starts to get eerie. So uh, first, they, they do a couple Seinfeld references. A soup Nazi shows up. Then it shows the guy at his office, and Jerry shows up with one of. And I've been practicing saying this, by the way, Munchkins um, from the Wizard of Oz. And he says, "I have here one of the last living Munchkins from the Wizard of Oz." And the and the guy in the office is like, "I thought they all died." And he's like, "No, I got the last one." So I'm like, okay, that we did talk about that, make yeah, some we, jokes about that on the we podcast. We talk about Seinfeld a lot. We we had a whole episode about Munchkin because you can't say it. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Okay. So, but that's a coincidence. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We, we do old school Seinfeld references all the time. Yeah. We do that. So then there's a scene where he's doing puppets. Uh, the couple is like lying in bed trying to go to sleep, and Jerry Seinfeld's doing puppets there. And the wife looks over at the husband, and it's like, this is awkward. Can he stop? I uh, during that same episode as the Munchkins. We uh, talked about uh, how awkward it is interviewing a Muppet yeah, and because, looking down at the Muppeteer the and being like, okay, are in the room stop. with right. you. Right. Yeah. So, so, so okay, huh. coincidence. These are pure coincidence. Huh. Mm-hmm. So, you, so, listeners will remember uh, just a few weeks ago, we had an extended conversation about Cameron's personal network of urban zip lines through the city of Orlando that right. he wanted to construct. Right. Between, to aid between, his transportation. Well, between, it started out, we got to find a more efficient way to get from our building to across the street to our studio mm-hmm. and, and back and forth. And so we were hypothesizing how we could do that so we don't have to run through traffic every time because we're all about to die. So, so, and then we thought if we can figure that out, we might as well make it a new form of mass urban transit. Right. Zip lines. So, so we talk about zip lines for a while, and then we talk about what would even be even better is if Cameron had a squirrel suit. <laughs> And would squirrel suit into work. Yeah, like when mm-hmm. I lived downtown. Apartment yeah, when I lived downtown on the twenty seventh floor, I could see work. If I could somehow just squ- flying squirrel suit it down, boom, I'm there in thirty seconds. Yeah. So, so the last scene in this commercial is Jerry's tried all these different ways to try to convince this this gentleman to give him his ticket. The last scene is that is is Jerry Seinfeld and this guy on top of a building. Okay. And he puts a zip line in the guy's hand and he says, I will give you access to my network of personal urban zip lines. <laughs> Whoa. At that point, Jay Leno squirrel suits on and says, I got something even better, a rocket powered squirrel suit. Wow. <laughs> and he takes the. So I'm not saying that Acura or some multi million dollar ad <laughs> company. Stole all our material, <laughs> but I'm saying some. I'm saying Acura and a multi-million-dollar ad company and Jerry Seinfeld stole them. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the, I feel you called me the other night very upset about this. <laughs> oh, I was enraged. Yeah. I actually, I actually edited the pieces from the old podcast. <laughs> and, and Chad, I can send you the files if, if we do. want to do some yeah. recon. Yeah. yeah. So, so you call me thinking, okay, I think we might actually have something here, and I'm going because I'm thinking, I, you know, let's talk about it on the next podcast. Just <laughs> He was really upset. No, I thought there are three. There are three possibilities here. One is just some insane, weird coincidence, and we are on the same comedic wavelength mm-hmm. uh, with it, with these these ad executives. Mm-hmm. The other is that they stole it from the podcast. The other, and I think uh, maybe the most intriguing, is that someone on the line right now is moonlighting. That's what I was going to suggest. Using the material for Acura. So one of us, one of the five, or, of us. or Maya. Or Maya. Yeah, well, Maya. Uh, well, then she's keeping the checks in a different account because yeah. I haven't I haven't seen any accurate checks coming. Maya through. Maya is the female Central Florida equivalent of Don Draper. Oh, <laughs> yeah. she, that's she right. Does, she's only working here part time because yeah, that's yeah. what she does. Advertising with the rest of her day. gold. Wow. You think it's baking, but she buys all that. That's true. It's all <laughs> intimate. <laughs> wow. 
So mm-hmm. Maya's living a double life. Yeah. Making it. Uh, evidently. <laughs> I think that's the only safe Allegedly. Yeah. And she knew that because she was in the car when you called me. She knew that you were going to bring this up on this week's episode. Notice who's not here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. She's serving mm. a one week suspension. Her, her silence speaks volumes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> one week We assume by her silence that this is all true. <laughs> and, and, and for, for, her, for listeners who want to view the commercial, uh, it's going to be on the Super Bowl, but it's also on YouTube. It's called Transactions is the name of the spot. Or just go to my Facebook page because about 12 people have posted it. <laughs> Freaking out. Everybody just picked up on the zip line thing. Uh, but when Jesse called me and he like told me all the other things, I mean, munchkins, puppeteering. Uh, Seinfeld references. Well, Seinfeld can make <laughs> Seinfeld references. I'm not going to say that Seinfeld lifted our Seinfeld <laughs> no, references. No, no, but what, what I'm saying is the, the, the person, the creative oh, person yeah. behind the spot was probably like, oh, what's something still hip these days? Oh, people still like Seinfeld references. Because <laughs> the Roman podcast hasn't moved on from 1997. <laughs> and, uh, Still uses them, and, and apparently we're their sole creative inspiration. Mm-hmm. So it's a logical choice. <laughs> wow. Well, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Yeah, so. I think the say. only way to, to to rectify this is if we all get free accuracy. <laughs> yeah, or one million dollars. Yeah, which, we'll take either. <laughs> which we would then use to buy accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> what if we sign a pledge to buy accuracy with the one million dollars? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's reasonable. Then I think so too. I, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm pretty sure that's how most settlements go. Yeah. I, I, you know, Kramer settled things with a big tobacco company yeah. and Calvin Klein that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Free coffee for life. And he ended up on a billboard. Yeah, I think we billboard. should get to end up on a billboard or a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. So, well, he also ended up in the ad campaign for Calvin Klein. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, so mm-hmm. we could be, we, the Roman Podcast, could be integrated into this Acura marketing like he's campaign. listening to the podcast on the, in his Acura. Right, yeah, and laughing oh, yeah. hysterically, yeah. uproariously, and and he says a throwaway phrase, kind of like, "This is the funniest thing I've ever heard." Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, or or this is so original. Yeah, yeah, or <laughs> this is better than anything I've ever made. Yeah, something like that. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> a throwaway. Yeah, a little throwaway line. It's yeah. Seinfeld saying yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, true. and then he says, "I should give all of these guys free Acuras." <laughs> And a million dollars. And does. <laughs> I know he just gives us each royalties to one episode of Seinfeld. Yeah. We get to pick the episode. Yeah. But oh. we each get that one. So so you know, Doritos has and other companies have asked their fans to make ads yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. So Acura just skipped that step. Right. They they went and looked at what their fans were already making and just stole it yeah. and made their own commercial of it. Except they had enough money to hire Seinfeld. Right. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the difference is they have Seinfeld. <laughs> well, that was the thing, is that they, they didn't have to pay writers because they got all of their material from us. So they had all this writing budget. And they're like, yeah. well, we might as well pay to get Seinfeld on Because writing budgets are huge. <laughs> huge. huge. <laughs> I think you're onto something, Jesse. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's very disturbing. I lost a lot of sleep over this last night. Um, <laughs> Good. I, because Seinfeld's like a hero of mine. Mm. And I don't know. I just didn't see... I didn't see him stealing material from us. The other way around, sure. It's like your hero came crashing down to earth. It's like it's like nine year old Jesse before the Brian Duncan concert at his at his church, seeing Brian Duncan smoking out back behind the church. Your your hero just came crashing down. Yeah, exactly. My, my faith in you. I, I grew up that day. You know, <laughs> little Jesse grew up real quick. Watching the Seinfeld accurate commercial. <laughs> yeah. The world is not as innocent as I once thought it was. See, so we're on a pattern here. If uh, new listeners can, can, are, are seeing a pattern here. Last week, we uncovered the truth about a nefarious plot mm-hmm. that was just flying under the radar of the world. Of the lamestream media? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And this week, Jesse just blew the lid off another one. Hmm. Th- this is like the uh, an absurd version of like an Alex Jones podcast. I don't know who that is. Yeah. He's like the conspiracy guy. I thought he was the actor who played the littlest Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> he may be. <laughs> yeah. Alex Jones, the littlest Skywalker, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting kind of negative. But <laughs> <laughs> you're sensitive to that because you were just suspended for being negative. No, I'm going to pull it out of the gutter. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you have, Roxy? Mm-hmm. All right. In Florida, a polo club founder recently adopted his longtime adult girlfriend. Ooh. Okay, wait. wait. What? What? Like, yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> polo club founder. First of all, is, is there... that relevant to the slice or is that it just has, a bonus? Yes, fact? it is relevant. Okay. Well, is it is it he's a big fan of Ralph Lauren's line of clothing, or is it the sport? 
The sport. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I didn't know if yeah. he was just decked out in Ralph Lauren polo. He owns something that is a polo club, whatever oh. that means. It makes a lot of money, though. Huh. So he has a lot of money. Oh, oh, a polo club, like a place where people come to play polo. Yeah, yeah. So a high huh? dollar thing yeah. where the rich people come congregate. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Right, right. So he's being sued for accidentally killing someone. Okay. With a mallet? <laughs> no. Horse? Uh, it was in a car crash. Oh, okay. Anyway, his, his children are legally able to keep the money that they already have okay. from his... Lawsuit. Inheritance, right. Okay. So from, from, from his polo earnings. Right, <laughs> right. So in order to keep his money, he is adopting his longtime girlfriend as a daughter. Well, okay, he's attempting to, but I mean, a it's judge... It's gone through. It's been approved. Really? Yeah. Because I say judges have or, to approve that stuff. That's really creepy. The fact that a it's judge... It's close to being approved or something. I mean, it's the fact that far a, enough so, along. A, an elected judge would... Would find that socially fine. Yeah, if, is oh, maybe well, well, maybe he's a huge fan of both Clueless and Royal Tenenbaums. <laughs> <laughs> one one thing I, I think this confirms is anytime I've seen polo, I've always thought that it was sort of a devious. Like the people who play it seems sort of devious. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, it's like the game that like you know rich evil villains go to, exactly. to watch as a spectator like, sport, and you can tell that they're either like plotting to overthrow a collection of poor people or that they just deviate from normal sexual mores. The only time I've seen a polo club is when one of the Royals was playing and it was a clip or uh, on an episode of the real housewives of DC. Mm. <laughs> they yeah, went to a polo but, but club. Both devious. <laughs> or that one scene in little women. Never. I mean, pretty woman. Those are different. Oh yeah. the scene. In- <laughs> I have never seen pretty woman. What? Yeah. Your wife's pretty. Yeah, I know. But I've never seen the movie Pretty Woman. Oh, oh, I thought yeah. you said I've never seen a Pretty Woman. Like no. your standards are so high. <laughs> There's never been no, one. You are ridiculous. so negative. Yeah. You can't find beauty in anywhere. <laughs> I've never seen a Pretty Woman. I don't know what beauty is. I don't even believe in beauty. <laughs> your earthly definition. <laughs> oh, man. All right, what do you have, Ryan? Um, there is... Let me double check the... I'll just say, okay. Um, in Scandinavia. So, so you're not going to double check to make sure what you're about <laughs> well, to say. Well, I was just going to say Scandinavia because I couldn't remember if it was Sweden or Norway. So Scandinavia he goes works. in, uh, let's say Scandinavia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I know it's either Sweden or Norway. People Can't don't fact check one. the podcast. Yeah. So. Um, so some Nordic land. <laughs> yes. Let's somewhere say. north of Europe. Um, so right now in Scandinavia, there's uh, a mini, mini workplace controversy because uh, Wait, this, is, is Scandinavia a real country? No, or it's a region. It's a yeah, it's a combination. So, so can it's we like get more Finway specific? Finway and Norway. Finway, that's a park in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Finland. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, so, so Scandinavia. I, I was wondering why the Red Sox had such an insane travel schedule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scandinavia is so massive; it spans from Boston all the way over to Sweden and Norway. Anyway, so. In Boston. Yes, in Boston. So this uh, company has made uh, some workers groups angry because it recently instituted a policy of um, it set an alarm on the bathroom. And if employees spend more than eight minutes in the bathroom per day, an alarm goes off at the manager's desk so they Wait, can... Wait, per day? Yeah, yeah per day. Sitting no, no it's got to be per sitting. No, it says eight minutes per day. No, it can't clock you like you went Why? in there... Like it wouldn't it's know that it's fingerprint technology. Oh, yeah. well, <laughs> <laughs> just make it stuff up. Well, that would be the only way that like it could ID you. Well, uh, you could have an ID number or something to get in. Yeah, but what if somebody just took your ID number? Well, I mean oh, that yeah. that might be cause for termination. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, so forcibly removed. Yeah. Eight minutes a day. I mean, what if they're on their lunch break? That that that's they should be able to spend their entire lunch break in there if they yeah, want to. I think uh, I think it's eight minutes at a time. No, it's eight minutes per day. That's the article very specifically said that. Let me look this so, up. So let, let's say eight minutes a day working hours. So so lunch doesn't count. Still, that's not. I mean, but but I, they don't know for, when for I took some my lunch. People, I feel like that may be a challenge. Mm. They don't know when I took my lunch. I could be taking my lunch at two o'clock. This also makes sense because it's a it's a it's a call center. So it's probably one of those like telemarketing places. They don't get lunches. They. They, uh, 
have the reputation of being somewhat difficult to work for. I saw the episode arc of The Office where Michael Scott got a yeah. he had a moonlight at a call center. Uh, <laughs> managers managers are alerted by flashing lights if an employee spends more than an eight total minutes per day engaging in personal activities away from their desk. So so it it's like a motion sensor that if you walk away be, yeah. from your desk. Yeah. I wonder if you could pool all your minutes. Okay, I'm literally going to... For the week. Yeah, do you get rollover minutes? <laughs> I'm going I'm to yeah. print that story out and take it to our next staff meeting and go, you think it sucks here? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Or maybe you oh, should just man. try get 10 minutes a day. Yeah, we give you 11. <laughs> this is crazy. There, uh, uh, This article is in the Huffington Post, and there are a few other examples of uh, Norwegian uh, workplace abuses. Uh, one boss in Norway is reported for requiring female employees to wear red bracelets during their menstrual cycles. Oh, what? Yeah. what? To, keep, to keep the sharks away. <laughs> the bears. The bears. Oh, the bears. Yeah. The bears. Yeah. Uh, Ron Burgundy. Yeah. Know. In another case, a company wow. made employees sign a restroom visitor's book while another firm installed an electronic access system on restroom doors that could track employees' trips. Wow. Yeah. Man. So this is a major concern concern in, in that region of the world. Apparently. They're spending too much time and in the a huge concern, and it, <laughs> which is kind of a consortium of concern. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a concern. It's Scandinavian. Yeah, yeah. concern. That, yeah, that's a Scandinavian. That's term the sound of the little O with the slash through. Right. Through. I've been ta- I've been taking the Scandinavian Rosetta Stone lately. So <laughs> it's easy for me to slip in and out of it. Wow, yeah. that makes me appreciate life. You don't really have to be careful about what you ate at night. Yeah, it's true. Or for breakfast. <laughs> Can you imagine it's just like yeah, oh. you better it, just just a lot. It's play. just going to be yeah. like, man, those that Thai food is yeah. going to no eat food. up those eight minutes tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, way to go, Rick. Good call the Thai food for lunch. <laughs> it's like, dude, I just got a Groupon from Mongolia Barbecue. Who wants to go? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, wow. <laughs> don't worry. I got a lot of rollover minutes. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, on that highbrow note, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Sharon Benetton. listening to Florence plus the machine. You know, I'm really glad that the machine is making positive music again so people don't have to rage against I it agree. anymore. I agree. It's really good stuff. I've never been happier listening to the machine. Yeah. Florence and the machine. The song is No Light, No Light. It's the uh, Spectre Ryan Gosling remix and you can actually download it free at recordlabel.com which is one of my... F- one of my favorite sites for free music, rcrdlbl.com. Do yourself a favor. It's a lot of remixes, mm-hmm. emerging artists, um, probably 10, 15 things a day they put up there yeah, for free. It's awesome. Um, Sharon Van Etten is a Brooklyn-based singer-songwriter. Her music has been described as, uh, I like this, bittersweet neo-folk. I think at some point people are just making stuff up. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. I think Ryan wrote that. <laughs> yeah. Um, She's released two albums, and this Tuesday, uh, February 7th, she'll release her third, called Tramp. The album is produced by the Nationals' Aaron Dessner and recorded in his studio. Recently, she talked to our very own Elise Gilligan. Here is Sharon Bennett. Now, you've often been compared to other female artists like Cat Power or Brandi Carlile, um, which is high praise for sure. But how do you challenge the expectations of listeners or concert goers who might see you and think, oh, it's just another girl with a guitar and stop there? Well, I let them, I let them think for themselves, I guess. 
you know, it's like whenever you read a review about a band that you think you already like, you know, usually the only way you'll know if you like them is listening. And people don't like the way that I play. Like, you know, it's music is funny because no matter, like, no matter how hard you work on a record, or no matter how much I might not like another band or people's message or how how beautiful a song can be, like it always comes down to someone's opinion, you know, or someone's mood. So I I, I don't mind being grouped in when I when I get grouped in with other female singer songwriters or whatever. Like Cat Power, I think she's amazing. I don't think I sound like her, but it's a good starting point to to be in the same category as her. love and relationships which is definitely nothing new as far as the music world goes but you do so in such a way that the phrasing is different and you don't resort to these cliches that have been put to melody for ages how does your perspective on relationships inform your songwriting well usually to start it's when when I'm feeling something really intense it's like it's usually when I'm feeling really down or really angry and I never intend for the song to see the light of day <laughs> it's more so I I can deal with my own anxieties and my own demons and you know I don't want to put that on anyone else ever <laughs> but if I think there's something really strong in the melody or I hear a lyric that I think other people can relate to I go back and I I edit it in a way where I hope that it can be more general but it always starts off being very specifically to me and what I'm going through. But I don't want to ever share a song if I feel like it, it can't feel positive or cathartic or help somebody in, in the end. You know, otherwise, why share it with anyone? If it's just, I don't know, I don't want to be self-serving. We all make mistakes what do you feel like your place is in the music scene right now? I'm trying to learn how to be more of a, a positive role model. You know, I realize hmm. I'm not... I don't consider myself pop, really, although I feel like some of my songs have a pop element. And the more I realize people are listening to my songs and relating to them and connecting with them, I feel I feel a responsibility to have a, a positive message, you know, by the end of a song or by the end of the record. Like where I am in this in this music world, I don't know. It's kind of kind of a hard thing to pin down. <laughs> Let's find something that can last. Like cigarette ash, the world is collapsing around me. Let's try to do the best we can. I think I need more than the flowers and letters, man. And there definitely is a distinct melancholy tone to most of your music. Um, but to me, as I listen to it, I feel like you never go so far as to despair. It sounds more like you're just being realistic about a situation or you're resigned to the way it is. Um, and I was wondering if outside of your music, would you consider yourself to be a more hopeful or positive person and the music is just an expression of that other side? Definitely. I feel like another another way this album is a progression for me is because I feel like 
I'm a much more confident person. I'm a lot more at peace with who I am and and what's happened in my life. And I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a, I feel like more at peace than I have in a really long time. But I'm also I've just come to terms with a lot of things, and I feel like the songs represent that. Say I'm That was Sharon Van Etten. Check her out at SharonVanEtten.com. I suppose you thought that I'd be shaking up. I suppose you thought I'd be gushing blood. Not true. I only died on the inside. I suppose you thought that I'd be taken out. Back behind one of those bars downtown. Not true. You're listening to Craig Finn. The song is No Future from the album Clear Heart, Full Eyes, which released last week. Can't lose. You can lose. (laughs) Yeah, we decided that it's Clear Heart, Full Eyes, Can't Win. Oh, sad. Uh, It's time for our Super Bow game. Take it away, Jesse. Okay, so uh, in preparation for the Super Bowl, we, I have a game that will be uh, four quarters. Each quarter will be two questions, one to each competitor. It's listen. No. It, it, I have a typo. On Did right you there. say Super Bowl? Because I have been literally looking at TMZ for the past hour to prepare for this game. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of these, to be fair, some of these are celebrity-related questions. Oh, so your, all your 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 hours on TMZ. And watching uh, Pat O'Brien on Inside Edition have not have been not for naught. I haven't even seen my wife for a week prepping for this. <laughs> your beautiful wife. My beautiful wife. Which you don't recognize. <laughs> okay, so it's time for your Super Bowl game. Okay, so who will be competing? Uh, Roxy and Ryan. Um, yeah, I so, just have so to preface this with Roxy's different than Maya. She's very, very competitive. Good. Maya, Maya's like, because, meh, yeah. whatever. I'll because this is the Super Bowl of podcast games, <laughs> uh, I just want to—I just want to remind both of you that are competing how rare it is to be here today. You know, a lot of people do the podcast their whole career, never get to the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> just, just savor this. You know, just take it in—the whole experience. Noted. All right, Roxy. Um, what is a larger number? Okay, the number of chicken wings. Uh, that are going to be consumed at this year's Super Bowl by the American public or the estimated amount of dollars, according to NPR, that the Facebook IPO could bring. <laughs> um. so, so it's a larger number. One is in chicken wings, one is in dollars. And in some parts of the country, that's synonymous. <laughs> I, especially, in the Nordic countries. Especially if Ron Paul is elected, when we just trade for, trade for goods. <laughs> Yeah, well, all our currency will go to chicken wings. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm going to go with the IPO. You are correct. There will be 1.25 billion chicken wings uh, consumed on Sunday, wow. but the Facebook IPO could bring up as much as $10 billion, maybe Can even I? more. Does anybody else wonder what happens to the rest of the chicken? Like, if we're consuming the... That many billion. There's chicken a bunch wings. of armless chickens walking around. Right. Is what you're talking about. Why no, would you, they sell the breasts and the legs that? and the. They, 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 they make the bill, boneless the wings. Billions out of, of them. Why yeah, there's a lot of chicken in the grocery store. Man. And, and it all has to be like coordinated. So there's there's more. It does. It has to be coordinated. There has to be two chicken wings for every chicken breast. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, so right now is there just going to be a surplus of? Chicken breasts in well, the stores. We're gonna farm them out to to other countries. Maybe there'll be a lot of more chicken nuggets. Our, our, mm. uh, is frozen. Them to, chicken. We send them to Fenway every <laughs> every uh, February. Ten uh, percent of our gross uh, gross domestic product is chicken breast. Uh, huh. Exporting chicken breasts to the I rest of the world. I didn't know that. It's true. It's There's a spike yeah, in com- chicken breasts. It's complex economics. It's, 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 if you watch the UPS commercials, it's about a global <laughs> economy, a global connectedness. We are exporting chicken breasts. Chicken legs are good. I mean, like they're, they're the ratio is good because right. KFC. of Kentucky yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, KFC. Yeah. But okay. I'm ahead. 
All right, all right, Ryan. Uh, well, See? we're still we're only See? halfway through the first quarter. Here, yes. So. <laughs> I, I know I'll say enjoy it every moment, but don't get too ahead of yourself. I have a lot of momentum. <laughs> yeah, it's true. All right, all right, Ryan. Uh, what's a larger number? The amount of people who uh, will watch at least part of this year's Super Bowl, mm-hmm. or the number of registered users Twitter claims to have? Uh, the number of Super Bowl watchers. You are incorrect. Oh. Twitter claims to have 200 million registered users and 151 million will watch wow. the Super Bowl. Wait, is that worldwide? Yeah. No, worldwide is like 1.2 billion. Actually, he's true. That's true. It's for, for what? For football. The Super Bowl. He's right. It's 1.2 billion uh, viewing mm-hmm. audience globally. I think we need a review. I want to review. Red yeah, flag. Well, we're going to have to send this one to the booth. What but, do you think, Chad? But, 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 but hold on, hold on. It could be it's broadcast to 1.2 billion people and that only 150 million actually going to tune in. Because 100, 150 million is one out of every two U.S. Americans, inclu- US Americans including infants and old people. There's 300 million Americans. Aren't there, aren't there 450? No, 300 million Americans. So 150 million would be one out of every two people. That's not going to be the case. No, and think about time zones around the world, where some parts of the world, you know, it'll be the middle of the night or something. I agree that 150 sounds low for a global viewing audience. I totally agree because 1.2 billion is the term that or the number that's thrown out there. I'm gonna see if I can find out. We are disputing this. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So while we're at the booth review, we have a challenge. Well, we'll come back and redact the score. Ryan Um, just threw a red flag in my face. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, he just pulled a red flag out of his sock and threw it directly at Cameron's face. Um, all right, Roxy, we'll move on to the next questions while this one's being confirmed. Okay. Which uh, actual Super Bowl bet has the, the, is the biggest long shot by Vegas odd standards? So it's 34 to 1. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it, and they all have to do with the national anthem, um, is it that Kelly Clarkson uh, will start the festivities by singing the national anthem and will be wearing NFL merchandise? That she won't, that we won't be able to see her bare midriff. Uh, that Clarkson will take more than a minute and a half to sing the entire anthem, or that she won't pull uh, Christina Aguilera by omitting a word during her rendition. So one of those is the biggest long shot. Are they all actual? Bets? Yeah, they are all actual okay. Vegas bets. Okay. So so she she'll be wearing NFL merchandise. Yeah, you won't be able to see her bare midriff. Uh, she'll take more than a minute and a half, or she won't omit a word. <laughs> You're thinking way too hard about well, this. Well, it's, it's it's important. Um, okay. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> uh, I've heard a lot of talk about the how long she's going to take. She's a good Christian girl, right? So the midriff thing. Hmm. Um, Who are you talking about? Yeah, when I think Christian girl, I think <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. Don't yeah. we all? All right, Roxy, what's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, midriff. Uh, I'm sorry. The correct Dang. answer is the best bet that you can make in courting, the biggest long shot that you can make is that it will take her more than a minute <gasps> and a half. I should have gone with my first instinct. You always yeah. should go with when you think about instinct. the national anthem, I think you could probably wrap that in about 45 seconds. That's I don't true. know the average time, but. Okay. Mm, sorry. Sorry. So, Fumble. Uh, Ryan, you could possibly take the lead with this one. Excellent. No. Oh, maybe. I guess we're still waiting on confirmation from the I'm first I'm still trying answer, to figure it out. So far, all I can find is that last year was the most watched American television program in history with 111 million American viewers. Well, well, well maybe that answer won't matter. We'll see how, how, it, how it ends. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, which is not... Uh, an actual Vegas bet, which is not one that is being offered by Vegas bookies. Okay. Uh, Wait, are you talking actual Vegas or are you talking including offshore betting? I'm talking. Man, you've got a <laughs> is that the global betting audience or just well, because offshore? Because in Vegas they don't always offer the crazy bets, but offshore no, no, the, these are these are the for really the, Super Bowl the really do. the really seedy ones. These are all on the, Vegas bets. The North Strip where they don't get a lot of foot traffic <laughs> no, and it's a lot of old people. That's they true. offer them. Yeah. So true. Jesse I, went I, up but, to. But Ryan, <laughs> I will say this: I have not checked with every offshore uh, gambling facility to to find out if the one that. It's not an actual Vegas bet. Is all, all of Jesse's, all of these are specifically that Jesse went to Circus Circus in the North Strip. <laughs> okay, hang on. I am willing to say that I was wrong about the last one. What? Because wow. the NFL states one I've never bill- heard you admit error, ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the NFL states one billion is the game's potential worldwide audience. Right. 
Uh, but the last time there was research available was in 2005. So I feel like it's got to be higher now. Um, but 98% of the viewing audience uh, was in ni- North America and only 2 million outside of the U.S. watched. Okay. okay. And, and, and to confirm, I'm on answers.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we're just pulling mm-hmm. in historical context here. So obviously we don't have the specific numbers for this year, but to reference the 2006 Super Bowl versus the World Cup, that's what they're analyzing. Yeah. That the World Cup claimed 715 million people worldwide watched it, but actually 260 million watched it. And that the Super Bowl in 2006 claims 750 million to 1 billion Mm -hmm. and 98 million actually watched it globally. Okay. So, so there's so, no so way. The ruling yeah. on the field stands. The ruling right. on the field is confirmed. So Ryan is still okay. down one nothing. Okay. He can okay. tie well, so it okay. with okay. this one. So go ahead. You, you, you can tie it with this one. Yes. So which of these is not an actual Vegas bet, Ryan? Okay. Uh, that Eli Manning's wife will be shown on camera before Tom Brady's wife, who okay. you may know as Giselle Bunchen, the, yes. the supermodel. Uh, Madonna will be at some point wearing fishnet stockings. Okay. If shown on TV, Tom Brady's son, Benjamin, will be wearing his father's jersey. Or there will be a significant wardrobe malfunction during halftime. Okay. So one of those you cannot place a bet on. I feel like it's Brady's kid. Because it's too slam dunk. Of course he's going to wear his dad's jersey. And you don't want the bet on Well, children. and I don't know if they're going to show him. And the betting on children, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's a good call. Well, you have assumed too much oh. about Vegas bookies because the actual bet is that there, you cannot bet that there will be a significant world wardrobe malfunction during halftime. Really? Yeah. Because what if you caused it then? Yeah, and I guess it's hard to define as well. Mm. Oh, and, yeah. You know, the circus circus guys, <laughs> they don't have the same standards yeah. that I do. Yeah, they, they don't mind betting on children. The, yeah, they don't mind <laughs> betting on children. <laughs> so, so do we have a tie? or one, Roxy's, Roxy's up one, on one. one. No, it's 1-0. One zero. One zero. I haven't gotten one. 1-0 one going into half. Oh, you oh, just yeah. missed that one. Yeah. Yep. Zero. Yep. 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 Going to halftime. 1-0. A dominating okay. one zero lead like a soccer game. Yeah, it's a one this nothing thrill out. That's real. Yeah. You now should've... I really want someone to ask me what halftime adjustments I'm going to make. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a wardrobe malfunction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's not using your challenge flag because you used all of them for the game. So. <laughs> no, I forgot to put that there, in. We, one per half. One per half. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right, Roxy. According to Vegas odds makers. No, no, Tom- it's not my turn. Yeah, it yeah. is. No, at halftime, it switches. No, oh, it's not. You're, you're right. Yeah, it does. Wow. Um, this is well, the most technical may... game you've ever played, Jesse. <laughs> I told you I, she's I, competitive, I was going to say, this is, this is very challenging. Um, <laughs> all right. According to Vegas oddsmakers, Ryan, okay. Tom Brady is most likely to thank whom first if he has named the game's MVP. Okay. Okay. So Tom Brady, if he's named MVP of the game, uh-huh. which one of these is it most likely according to the odds that he will thank first Mm -hmm. God, the Patriots owner, Robert Kraft, Mm -hmm. his teammates, Mm -hmm. his uh, coach, Bill Belichick, his wife or no one, which is most likely according to the odds, his teammates. You are correct. Yes. Well done. Well done, sir. Ties the game. Momentum shift. Uh, Yeah. Coming out of the half, Ryan ties it up. Well, I just Um, feel like now we're playing at our pace. We're setting the the goals, and uh, we're making them play our game. You were playing the old ground and pound, and it finally finally went in your direction. You were definitely controlling the clock. Exactly. (laughs) It's it's a possession game. Yeah. Uh, Roxy, what current TV commentator was the first person to say – I'm going to Disney World after winning the Super Bowl. And a little fact here, he was actually paid 75 grand by Disney to say it. Okay, so one of these, Doug Flutie, Terry Bradshaw, Phil Simms, Trent Dilfer, or Ron Drakowski. Um, okay, my halftime adjustment was to go with my first instinct. Bradshaw. Okay. It's Phil Simms, oh. My least favorite. Of I all gave of you a look. I went... Mm. Like Phil Sims. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to cheat. It's trying to help you out. It, this is this is like a, a Patriots Belichick possible cheating scenario we have. There. <laughs> so so we're in the fourth quarter, and I'm just going to say this: Tied I don't in. have an overtime prepared. So let's uh, let's hope someone comes away with the win here. <laughs> it's one one. It's one one. Yeah. So we this is all game. coming down to the wire. So this is, this a, is a defensive. It's a low game. scoring no. defensive yeah. game, or it's like a soccer game. It's a field right. position battle. Okay. Uh, Which all, all, it all pays off in the fourth quarter. Yeah. yeah. All right. 
<laughs> All right. According to 7-Eleven, the, the <laughs> convenient uh, food store chain, what percentage increase in hold on. Did you Hold on. Did you just say 7-Eleven, the convenient food store chain? <laughs> he was paid 75000 It's so convenient. And they have wonderful food. I've never heard there it. right after the podcast. I've never yeah, heard you can buy a taquito. Unless you live in a Nordic country, you're going to buy a taquito there. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. according to Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, 7-Eleven uh, is very popular. Because she goes there all the time, doesn't she? Sure. Yeah. I've never heard anybody refer to 7-Eleven as a place that get food. <laughs> you know, the very convenient food store chain. It's like what the food you, store oh, of last this. resort. What, what, what do you get at 7-Eleven? If I get anything at 7-Eleven, it is probably bottled, and it's and then maybe some gum. I've never gotten any of their foods there. I've, got, I've gotten some. Well, you're missing before. out, my friend. You, you treat yourself to a spicy big bite at lunch. <laughs> I'll accept your apology. <laughs> we only get eight minutes a day, so I can't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. It's not that oh, oh, You're going to blow that out of the water. <laughs> no. Well, that's okay. the thing. I look at those things. I'm like, who, who can, whose stomach can handle this food that I'm looking at right now? So 7-Eleven. All right, right. According to the convenience store chain that sells food to some people, okay. what percentage increase in antacids um, do they sell the day after the game? So, so the day after the Super Bowl. On mm-hmm. Monday, what percentage of the increase of sale and antacids are they looking at? Mm-hmm. Is it 5%, 10%, 20%, or 50%? 50. It is 20. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, so, so, Roxy, the, he just punted it away. Two minutes. You got no. Tom Brady. This is the two-minute drill. No. Yeah. You're, You're on your own 40. to your own end zone. Oh, no. The- she doesn't have that far to go. This is it. Okay. She just has to answer one yeah. question. She gets it. She, it's really more so like, she's a, like a chip this shot. Is like this a is a long, chip shot. This is like a long field goal. She, no, right now you got the ball. You're at midfield. Two minutes on the clock. You can easily get down 20 yards and, and, and hit a field goal. Yeah. So you're you're in good position. You're feeling good, even though you're not in the lead. Right. All right. Right. All right. So right. so for the win, New England receiver Chad Ochocinco spent $28,000 on this present for his teammates as a congratulations for making the Super Bowl. So $28,000, each of his teammates receive one of these items. Okay, here are your choices. Is it a life-size portrait of Chad Ochocinco? Did everyone get one of those? (laughs) I hope not. Did everyone get Beats uh, headphones, the Dr. Dre headphones? Uh, As you know, the game will be playing at the Colts Stadium. Did they all receive a pair of custom cowboy boots? Um, you also may have seen the commercials with him in it. Um, did they all receive the Xbox Connect systems with the Zumba fitness game? Or did he go ahead and all buy them tickets to Disney World in anticipation for the win? Um, headphones. You are correct for the win. Oh, Congratulations, Roxy. You just won the Super Bowl of Thank podcast congrats. games. Thanks. Super Bowl of I'm podcast feeling pretty games. good. That's good. All right. Well, that'll do it for our Super Bowl game. Stay tuned. Up next, feedback. Listen to Ingrid Michaelson. The song is Fire from her new album, Human Again. Uh, you can check out a review of that album at relevantmagazine.com. It's time for your feedback. Uh, last week, we asked you about your church special music stories, and you all did not disappoint. Uh, you went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and, and posted your stories there. Uh, here's a few of our favorites. Allison said she was in her church's hand chime choir. Hand bell choir. Thank you very much. She said hand chime. No, see. No, no, no. Hand chimes are related to hand bells, but they require less skill. Her (gasps) choir was called, wait for it, Heavenly Metals. No. Yes, it was. Oh, that is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That would make me reconsider my stance on hand bell choirs. <laughs> um, Bethany said in her church she was kind of a star, not trying to brag, but she got to sing special music because her dad was a worship pastor. 
So up until um, about the age of 15, she specialized in singing anything by Sandy Patty, but definitely the song Via Della Rosa every Easter. Okay, why? And uh, when I was moment. when I was walking down the actual Via Della Rosa in Jerusalem uh-huh. a, a couple months ago, that song was playing on loop in my head. Good. <laughs> I was so mad. It An ruined the moment song. for me. I was so yeah, mad at it, myself. It like, played in the Bible yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really so like mad. this person who just says they're just very short. She said, we have at our church an older woman, former missionary, never married. She was learning the trombone. I think that says it all. (laughs) It's awful. I'm going to recommend that you all uh, go over to this podcast episode page and uh, and, and, and look because a couple people posted YouTube links uh, that you're going to want to click on. Yeah. Of some really. And there are some really good ones. Really, really bad special music performances (laughs) there are so many stories uh uh, do yourself a favor and uh go over to last week's podcast episode page and uh check them out okay that'll do for last week's feedback here's this week's editorial question of the week so so uh you know this is super bowl week or as some people call it super bow week which is also valentine's day um so super bowl Every year, every year it seems, or let's say nine out of ten, the Super Bowl halftime show disappoints. Yeah. They try too hard, or they get people who nobody cares about them anymore. Well, ever since the Janet Jackson yeah. thing, they're scared to yeah. do anything. Yeah, they play the same. Yeah. Yeah, so we thought, who better? You know, so, since clearly this crew and our listeners can come up with great Super Bowl ads and ideas for and content and, you know, for Super Bowl ads. We should, we should, since people are out there listening, Super Bowl people are out there listening, we should come up with Super Bowl halftime show ideas uh, and improve on the format yeah. for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. So we want to know your best Super Bowl halftime show, like the thing, the Super Bowl halftime show, the epic Super Bowl halftime show that you want to see. Go over to this week's podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and post your replies there. And we'll read our favorites I, I, on next I, week's show. I have one maybe for inspiration. Well, actually, two. <laughs> one is the lights go down at the Super Bowl stadium at I halftime. Like I like it already. And out of one of the tuttles, come flying onto the field is the striper van, that yellow van with the machine guns. <laughs> <laughs> they, they jump out, they tuck and roll out of the van, and then they start performing. That's pretty much it. That's all I have for that one. The other one is the world's <laughs> largest handbell choir. It's like <laughs> And there's no microphones. It's all just the power of the bell. <laughs> Well, if there's no microphones, how do people at home hear it? It'll just resonate through the world? Uh, there's no amplification okay. system in the stadium. No. Okay. It's just the power <laughs> of the heavenly metals. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, honestly, any hair metal band from the mid to late 80s for the next 10 years would be great for the Super Bowl. Like, can you imagine how great it would be if Poison performed? Oh, but nobody wants a pudgy. Even Van Halen. Van Halen would work. Yeah. They got a new album out. I would love if, I would love it if Poison or Van Halen. But nobody wants a, a pudgy hair rock lead singer in tights. I do. It gives them motivation to get in shape next yeah. year. Yeah, exactly. Like, they got a year to prepare. I mean, who wouldn't be inspired by a live rendition of Every Rose Has Its Thorn oh, while you're ordering man. another pizza? That yeah. would be incredible. So, so you're calling out, you're calling out uh, Vince Neal right now. Yeah. Order P90X. Hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm thinking Lilith Fair. Call. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lilith Fair? Yeah. Oh, that'd be the I worst. Think so. For the Super Bowl, I think it'd be great. It'd be horrible. the worst. No. Wants to see Sarah McLaughlin and her dogs perform. Yes, they do. No. 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 Yeah. <laughs> That was, hey, yeah, and on the on yeah. the jumbotron, it's just a, 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 a montage of, of orphan dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing would clear a room faster than that halftime show. I think the Super Bowl is a great stage for DC Talk to make the reunion <gasps> tour. I agree. Yeah. That would be probably the one stage that they would they would overcome their differences yeah. and do it. Yeah, because yeah. they all need that check. Mm-hmm. And if they said they were going to Disney World after, oh. they could get an additional additional seventy five grand a piece. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe an Acura could get thrown in. <laughs> Maybe. And a million dollars for Jerry Seinfeld. The official vehicle of DC Talk. <laughs> See? That has a ring to it. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of like that Kia commercial where all those characters are riding around the Kia, like the Muno from Yo Gabba mm-hmm. Gabba. They could do one like that with the DC Talk guys. Like just trucking around the town and they're Acura. Chad, you could do their voiceover work. And doing like pranks and they hanging out the window and batting yeah. mailboxes yeah. and throwing eggs. And mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, okay, so there you go. So there's some inspiration. Head over to the podcast episode page. Tell us your ideal, your dream Super Bowl halftime show. This is going to be fun. 
If you want to include any clips or photos, go ahead and do that. Too. <laughs> I'm trying to get Roxy's out of my head. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's be a beautiful moment. <laughs> yeah, KD Lang <laughs> performance. They, they just release hundreds of puppies on Center the field. field. <laughs> Everybody who attends the Super Bowl gets a puppy. Gets a yes. puppy. Yeah, it's like bridesmaids. <laughs> You're leaving with a handful of puppies. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Okay, um, many thanks to Sharon Van Etten for uh, hanging out. You can check out her new album, Tramp, nationwide on Tuesday. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Roxy Weeman. I'm Ryan Ham. I'm Jesse Carey. That's Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. You know, a lot of people do the podcast their whole career, never get to the Super Bowl. So.